Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Folks, they literally now have the Easter Bunny, the Easter Bunny at the White House, running interference, running interference for the president. I hadn't seen this before. <laughs> before we went, um, you know, went to the microphone yesterday, but I saw this in the Post Millennial. Easter Bunny redirects Biden. Easter Bunny redirects Biden away from talking about Afghanistan to focus on the. Easter education rule. <laughs> Something you got to see. But you know how they, you know, Biden will call Kamala the president. Biden will call, um, we'll say, Obama. Uh, Michelle Obama was vice president in the past. He calls his wife. I don't know. Does he call her vice president? He, he gets all these things mixed up. And then they have to redirect him. In fact, I also saw where, where Dr. Dr. Jill Biden told Biden to wave after his speech at the White House, I guess, uh, during Easter. I don't even know. But they're literally sending the Easter Bunny now to run interference to tell the president where to go, how long to be talking with people about Afghanistan or whatever else. We have literally, we're scraping the bottom of the bucket here as it pertains to who they will employ to try to keep the president on task and really not engaging with people or saying words, that's the best bet for everybody, including including people who don't even agree with him politically, uh, who just don't want to see this nation face some international tension and uncertainty because of comments made on the national stage. Anyway, welcome to the program, my friends. My email address, Todd at ToddFShow.com. You are free to send your questions and your thoughts and your opinions and feedback. And, of course, all of that should always be sent along with, it's probably the best way to say this, adoration and praise. <laughs> Todd at ToddHuffShow.com is that email. Take it easy. I'm only half serious when I say those things. So let's start today. Let's start today by looking at a ruling, <clears throat> a ruling from a federal judge in Florida, federal judge in Florida ruled that the mask mandate that is on public transportation is, does not, he struck it down. She, I'm sorry, Oz. She struck it down. Catherine Kimball Mizell, Mizell, um, U.S. District Judge, sorry if I said he, just wanted to get to the issue here. Man, that, I don't know, that could be interpreted five million different ways in today's world. But anyway, so she struck down the ruling saying that this is not, the, the, the administration did not meet certain um, standards here. And I want to go through this today because I think, you know, we talk, we talk about covid and the health 
public health aspects, the disease itself. We talk about the economic consequences, um, what happens to economies whenever you shut them down, whenever you, you know, prohibit them from engaging in commerce and these sorts of things, policies and, you know, things that directly and indirectly impact things like um, supply chains, prices, inventory, how soon you can get a product delivered, how long it takes you to get something um, that you've been wanting, you know, to do at your home or whatever. We've all experienced this to some degree. So the economic, the health, the economic, but also the constitutional or the, the way to navigate this, the way to navigate these issues as a free people, balancing balancing freedom with legitimate you know, health concerns. What does that look like? The best way to do that. And then that's compounded by previous mistakes with Congress. And I want to go through those. I want to go through those today. We've kind of, we kind of have been set up here to fail. If I'm being candid, we've been set up the way the system has been set up, not by our founders, but by people in Congress who have abdicated their responsibility to fulfill their duties, to fulfill their obligation, their constitutional powers, they've kicked those responsibilities over to the administrative branch. And I want to go through this because I think it is incredibly uh, important. I think it's very, very important. And so, as I'm thinking about this, as I'm thinking about the ruling and I'm thinking about setting this up, I'm going to tell a story, and I know some of you have heard this before, but I haven't told it in probably four or five months, about five months. I told this story about five months ago because it's all, it is all tied together because the story, the culmination of the story that I'm about to tell you is it highlights the problem we have and how difficult this situation, because Congress refuses to do its job, how difficult of a situation we have for judges to try to interpret this nonsense and how we get to mask mask mandates. You'll notice that it has always been a mask mandate. It's always been a mask mandate. It's never been a law. And I want to I want to talk about this because this is critically uh, critically important uh, important. The key part of the ruling reads like this. This is again from um, Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell, who is in Florida, who issued this ruling, which effectively, as of as, as I understand it, according to what the White House has said, CDC is at least temporarily not enforcing this. So I, I don't know if you have, I mean, I don't know what's happening on airplanes right now. I don't know if people are I mean, able to walk on there and get through TSA and walk around the airport or ride a bus without a mask. I think that is what it means, but you don't know what's actually happening. The folks that have been working on these, you know, working as flight attendants and pilots on aircraft um, or driving buses or whatever have been doing this for so long. I This is probably something there's going to be somebody that's going to get into a fight somewhere 
along along the way here. I thought Oz was showing me a note or something. I don't know what she's... She told me to wait. Okay. I can't wait. I got to talk, Oz. Anyway, so this is the key point of the ruling. It says this. It is indisputable that the public has a strong interest in combating the spread of COVID-19. In pursuit of that end, the CDC issued the mask mandate. So the CDC... The CDC... Um, is part of the administrative, uh, uh, the executive branch, part of the administration, part of the Biden administration. All the acronyms in government effectively are part of the executive branch. It's the bureaucratic state. I mean, the, the CDCs, the FBI's, the CIA's, all these things, part of executive branch. So, She writes in her ruling here, in pursuit of that end, the CDC issued the mask mandate, but the mandate exceeded the CDC's statutory authority, improperly invoked the good cause exemption to notice and comment rulemaking. So so she says, in theory, it's eclipsed the authority that's been given it by Congress to begin with. That's one point. The other point is that they didn't go through the proper steps and procedures, which, of course, they do this sort of thing all the time. But again, that's why she says here, she writes that they improperly invoked the good cause exception to notice and comment rulemaking. So there was supposed to be a period for that. They waived it because they said they didn't need to because, you know, it was an emergency or what have you. And they failed to adequately explain its decisions. Bingo, bango. I mean, of course, this is all circular logic and reasoning, and it's a mess. It's been that way from the beginning, which, by the way, we're two years into this. It was supposed to be two weeks or 15 days to slow the spread. Now we're two years into this, which, again, (laughs) I'm just... We've also got the studies that have come out that have said that states that stayed relatively open, like Florida, for example, outperformed... Some of the fascist states, yes, I said it, like New York and the People's Republic of California. And that's Andrew Cuomo, the one who wrote the book, the one who was heralded as the, you know, oh, how they wished that he would have been the nominee for president, or how they wished he would have been the vice president of Joe Biden, although he was not black, uh, Cuomo's not black or female. No word on how he actually identifies, although, although with all the allegations out there against him, we have we have a pretty good, uh, unfortunately, idea about some of Cuomo's thinking and behavior and so forth. Anyway, so read the rest of this, this part of the ruling. She says, because our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully, even in the pursuit of desirable ends, the court declares unlawful and vacates the mask mandate. Now, Oz has jotted something down over here for me. She says TSA is not enforcing, right, Oz? And some are saying it's, so what, are there other airlines that are enforcing it? She doesn't know. So I thought she was going to tell me, she's looking up some stuff here. Anyway, there's some airlines that say it's optional. I don't know if it's maybe some that are still saying it's their policy. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Well, let's back up a little bit and actually... To do this properly, I'm going to be a good host here. 
Uh, this is going to blow your mind. We're going to take a break on cue. We're going to take a break on cue here. I did not deserve that kind of response, Oz. But we're going to take a break. And when we get back, I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to frame this, and we're going to break this down. We're going to talk about why this is so wrought with problems. Because it is, <laughs> it is, it's a difficult situation to begin with. Just trying to manage what is the legitimate, what is a legitimate behavior of a government that is really trying to, you know, rationally protect public health, right? I mean, there, there are things that governments, you know, can think and talk about, but also not saying you're free <laughs> to heck with your freedoms, to heck with your choices, which a lot of people were exposed during this, this process um, for being people who don't believe in actual freedom. And more and more people are feeling bolder by coming out to talk about this. This, by the way, this... This is why the left is, is infatuated with the term democracy, because democracy does not have to respect individual freedom. Democracy is simply the rule of the majority. And if the rule of the majority says that some other group doesn't have rights, that can be the determination of the, of the democracy. It is only by enumerating those rights, or which is what we did, with our founders did in this country. They combined. They There's obviously democratic aspects, but there's also the the aspects that says even if even if the majority says you don't have a certain freedom or you must comply with something or do a certain thing, the majority cannot infringe upon your liberty, and that's the balance our founders struck. And I think when you start looking at these issues and all the problems that, and we're going to go through some of these and and I'm going to paint the picture. But when you look at how Congress has passed its responsibility to the executive branch, how the executive branch loves to act upon edict and decree and executive order, not having to worry about what to actually do, um, not even worrying about the steps or procedures, just simply decreeing things. They, They love this. And by the way, the people that live on these executive orders, these are the folks who are actually the lovers of big government. These are the folks that we need to keep a very watchful eye over, people that believe in these things, people who who don't believe in the consent of the governed, people who believe in, again, a strong centralized government that tells you what to do and you do it. These are the leaders that we should be very, very leery of, not leaders who cut taxes who try to protect individual freedom, who actually reduce the number of total rules in a bureaucratic state instead of simply adding new ones, as Trump did, by the way. So we, I want to explore this, and I want to, I want to frame this, and it's going to start with a story, a story that involves me personally. It happened about four and a half months ago, something like five months ago. We'll do that after the break, and it's, it's all interrelated, and we're going to talk about this case, talk about the mask mandate, um, and then what happens? What happens next? Is are the is the left going to fight this? Is it too close to an election? Do they feel like this gives them the political cover they need to still, you know, f- uh, win the respect or the support of the radicals who are in favor of you know total mass conformity mandates on everything? Does it allow them cover to say we can't fight this? We, we defended it long enough. I don't know yet. I don't have an exact 
uh, finalized opinion on this, but uh, it definitely has shaken things up as it pertains to transportation in this great nation. So get back from the break. We'll start dissecting this little by little. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Let's get into this. I want to tell a story quickly, a story that's relevant to this, and it happens to be when my family and I went to Disney World back in November. This was be, Disney's always been woke, but this is before Disney was um, supporting legislation that quite literally could be a bill, uh, excuse me, that they, they oppose legislation, I should say, that tried to stop people from doing some really disgusting things and in some cases would have potentially paved the road for literally grooming of children. We're talking to kindergartners, first, second, third graders about gender identity and sex. So this was before this. I mean, they were still woke, but they weren't, I guess, this actively or openly woke, although they've always been woke. So... We were in Disney. It was actually Thanksgiving week of last year. And Disney has, as with everyone else, they have a shortage of buses and bus drivers. And so they contracted with charter bu- a charter bus company or maybe multiple. And so the normal Disney bus, you know, it's, it's, um, it's got a place where it's wheelchair accessible in the middle. It's got rats it's wrapped with mickey and mouse and goofy or whatever it's got and, and the seats are primarily around the perimeter of the bus so everybody's kind of facing inside the bus and the insides are opened and that's to let you know um you, you can stand or also to allow for the wheelchairs and so forth to come on and off the bus the charter buses are different the charter buses are things like what we use when i played you know, football with Butler, when we would travel to Drake or to Alpraiso or Dayton or whoever we were playing that was a bus trip, these are chartered buses where you have all the seats are facing forward, they're cloth, they have a little, a lot of them have a little footrest that you can press down in front of you. The seat reclines maybe maybe a couple of degrees, nothing massive, but you can kind of sit, sit back. There's, there's often TVs and so forth on these buses. You've seen these these bigger buses, probably been on one or, you know, you're familiar with this. And so this was the bus that pulls up. So keep in mind, this is November of 2021. This was, we were outside of the, the time where masks were mandated at, at all times of, of being in Disney. It was just a couple of, of, of occasions. So we knew when we left Indianapolis, we flew, so we knew we had to wear masks on the plane we knew we would have to wear masks on the buses from the, you know, the, the hotel facilities to the parks. And when you were inside, which is, of course, it was another disaster because if you were in line for certain rides and you walked under a pavilion, some of the rides would tell you to put your mask on. So you'd be under a roof, but not indoors because there weren't any walls, which, of course, reminds me of how the left tells us walls don't work anyway. But anyhow, 
So it's just it was a confusing mess. We knew it. We weren't going to go to fight it. We knew the we knew the the game, and we were just prepared to deal with it and live and let live. So we're on this bus. We're not on the bus yet. We're waiting for the bus, and so everyone's outside. When you're outside, you don't have to wear your mask on. It's an amazing thing. COVID was apparently not transmissible at all if you were around the same people outside. But the second you got inside, totally different story. I'm using, of course, some hyperbole and exaggeration here. But that's that's the rules. Them's the rules, as they say. So we are waiting for the bus. It is a contracted bus, contracted bus driver. He pulls up. He comes out of the bus. I, I maintain kind of looking for a fight. And he starts scolding those of us just waiting out inside, you know, outside the bus. You're going to put your mask on, you know. I don't know exactly what he said, but he was basically saying, you're going to do as I say, or you're not riding, you know, we're not, you're going to get, I mean, he was just real combative about it. And the funny thing was not a single person was asking in, you know, uh, if they had to wear their mask, they weren't demanding that they weren't going to wear their mask. None of that stuff. He just came looking for a fight. And so people get on the bus a little bit, probably a little bit more perturbed than they were waiting for the bus because this guy came looking for a fight. I don't know if he had something happen on the previous ride. I don't know if he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't know if he woke up that morning and saw Biden's polling numbers were lower than they'd been before. I have no idea. But the guy was in a bad mood. We get on the bus. Everybody sits down. Keep in mind, no one has taken off a mask. No one has complained about a mask. No one has, mask hasn't even been set, so far as I know, on that bus. The guy then, before, before we proceed to move, before we roll an inch, he then gets on the overhead speaker thing, and he, turn, <laughs> he stands up, turns around, and begins to lecture us a second time. And he tells us, you're going to wear your mask at all time. It's a federal law. Now, this is, the, this is the part I want to talk about. So I am sitting, I don't know, four or five rows back on the right side of the bus. If I'm facing the front, I'm on the passenger side, the side that the door's on. He, of course, as the driver's on the left, but he's standing in the middle, in the, in the aisle, so to speak, right at the front, talking over that PA system. And when he says it's a federal law, I start shaking my head no. And he, <laughs> this is 100% true. He looks at me and he begins to engage with me. It is to a federal law. And I said, it is most certainly not a federal law. It is to a federal law. I'm sorry, sir. No, it's not a federal law. Again, my mask's on. I'm not telling him I'm not going to wear my mask. I'm just, in my mind, this is the way I think about this. There's 60, I don't know how many people this bus is hold, 60, 70 people who don't, who may not know that it's not a law. It was the whim of the CDC. Now, there is, there has been a legal process whereby this became something that was under, arguably, under the, um, purview or the authority, I guess, of the CDC and the Biden administration or any administration, but there was not a law. Congress did not vote on whether or not Americans were going to wear masks um, at any point in the past two years. So think about that. We've gone two years through this nonsense. Not one law was ever passed. To my knowledge, I mean, I don't, I don't think they even introduced a piece of legislation. I could be wrong on that. 
Um, but I don't remember anything that actually said, hey, you know, here as, as Congress, we're the ones that actually make the law. Let's go ahead and, uh, and, and codif- codify this and make it law so that, you know, it's not just a, an executive order, which is what this is, what it was. It always has been from the beginning. Now, I said it wasn't passed as a law. Well, he also told me, by the way, that it was Disney law, which was even more, <laughs> more problematic. I should tell you, too, later that night as we were coming back back on the bus, we were on there with a bunch of cheerleaders and, like, you know, mothers of cheerleaders. They take their daughters there and they perform at the various parks. Um, apparently, the story spread amongst the cheerleading moms because... Later that night, on the way back, one of the mothers was telling me about the guy that got into it with the bus driver, and I kind of laughed, and I said, well, I think that was me. Anyway, point is, to me, everybody needs to know this. This, we, again, we've talked about the health effects and the public health concerns of, of COVID-19 and the economic, but there's also this. How do things become, and how should things become, the law of the land in the United States of America? Well, you see, if you actually studied American history and civics, you know that laws are introduced and created by which branch? It's the legislative branch. But see, that's not what happened here. That's not what happened here. In fact, Congress doesn't like to pass laws because, turns out, voters will hold them accountable. And so what they've done is they just want to kiss babies. They just want to vote on the names of libraries. They want to go fundraise. That's how they want to rule. That's what they want to do. Now, Presidents, a lot of times, have a different mentality. They they like governing by edict and decree, especially if it can be passed off into these nameless, faceless people in the bureaucratic state. And this is a problem because we can't hold these jokers in the bureaucratic state accountable. Who's the person at the CDC? You could say Dr. Fauci, I suppose. But who's really the person at the CDC? Is it Ms. Walensky? Is it... Who's actually making these calls? Who And what do we do about it if we say enough of these decisions? There's not really anything we can do short of, in, in a couple more years, voting for a new administration to take the White House, which we should obviously do that, just for the record. Anyway, so this, th- there was a law that was passed, and I'm going to take a break. I know Oz. Um, there was a law that was passed, and I don't know, I'd have to look. But it, it was a long time ago, and it was long before Trump or Biden or whoever. It was a Congress that said, look, if, a, if there is a public health situation, instead of, instead of having Congress responsible for determining what measures to take and voting on things, we're going to pass that responsibility to the executive branch. And then the executive branch will then basically delegate that to the arm of the bureaucratic state, which handles public health, which is the CDC. And that's where this lies. And so Congress passed a law that basically said the president and the administrative branch, of course, through the CDC or whomever is going to be appointed or is in charge of these sorts of measures in the future, because these things change on a pretty regular basis or the government grows or whatever. But the point is, the only law that was passed said that Congress gives the president authority to do things, I'm not reading from the law, but effectively to stop the spread of disease or to stop you know, some sort of a public health crisis or emergency 
the president can act unilaterally, and Congress had given the president the authority to do so. So, but there's still there's still certain boxes that have to be checked. There's still certain things that have to be uh, requirements that have to be met in order to say the law that was passed was actually faithfully executed by the administration in issuing these federal mask mandates. And this judge, this judge said that that is not what happened. And it's clearly not what happened. Um, but that, that is an important thing. That's an important thing to understand. Congress is supposed to be making the laws. They're not. The president really is making the laws. The judge is saying, now you're putting me in a position where I have to try to make sense of what actions you took to fulfill this law that was written 30, 40 years ago, whatever it was, and to try to piece together whether or not this constitutes an emergency you know, or that these, that these measures are scientifically legitimate. I mean, it's a whole thing now, all because, all because Congress refuses to do its job. I'm telling you, this is the truth, and I've got to take a break. A lot more to say about this. Clock's telling me I'm actually late in this segment, so sit tight, my friends, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends, helping you navigate the insanity that has become the average day here in the United States of America, ushered in courtesy of the extreme, radical, godless left. This is nonsensical, ridiculous gibberish on so many levels. But, sorry, I was talking with Oz during the break about some of the, some of, some curriculum. We, you know, I'm thinking about DeSantis, DeSantis, uh, his administration, the state just blocked 40% of the textbooks. Uh, the curriculum from being used in Florida. And people are saying, how can math be used to promote a certain theory? And I was reading some examples of things that are quote-unquote math that have literally nothing to do with math. Anyway, let's finish this discussion about uh, this decision. This decision by the federal judge to stop the mask mandate. And I've already read part of that, the, the key part of that decision off the top. Maybe I should do that again for those of you um, who are just joining us. Again, this was U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell. She's in Florida. She said the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, um, didn't have the authority to extend the mask mandates to public transportation and that the implementation of that mandate was a violation of administrative law. The key part of the ruling reads as follows. It is indisputable that the public has a strong interest in combating the spread of COVID-19. In pursuit of that end, the CDC issued the mask mandate, but the mandate exceeded the CDC's uh, statutory authority and properly invoked the good cause exception to notice and comment rulemaking and failed to adequately explain its decisions because our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully even in the pursuit of desirable ends the court declares unlawful and vacates the mask mandate and so we've now seen that the biden administration is saying the tsa is not going to be enforcing the mask mandate effective immediately oz has played sound bites of pilots 
uh, that's been on social media already telling passengers to, to great applause, by the way. You don't have to wear your mask. If you want to wear your mask, it's optional. You can wear your mask. I think I told you, we had, when we traveled out West Oz, there was a lady that sat next to you that wore, was it three masks? She wore three masks. I honestly don't know how she was breathing. Because that last one, I mean, it kind of looked like Darth Vader to me. And she strapped that baby on. I, it looked like she was going to push her nose like inward. It was so tight. Anyway, so if people want to do that, fine. But the mandate is over. A lot of airlines are now saying it's optional. Of course, I was telling Oz this too. Don't be surprised if there's some incident on an, on an aircraft because some of, I'm telling you, we, we flew several times at the end of last year. And it was interesting to me the difference between <laughs> the difference between flight attendants who were on a social justice mission over COVID or flight attendants who had the mindset of look, I kind of think like you, this is this is kind of silly, but we have to do this. Please wear your mask. You know, you have to have it on per regulations, per the mask mandate, blah, blah, blah. Some of them would straight up tell you over the intercom. I remember this. This, you know, you must wear your mask throughout the duration of the flight. This includes even when you're actively eating. In fact, they would they would tell you. I remember one in particular. If you want to take your mask down, you must pull it down, take a bite, pull it up, and ch- then you can chew. <laughs> I, same thing with the drink. You can lower your mask, take a sip, but before you, before you swallow that drink, before you swallow that Sprite or water or coffee, that mask better be up. Now, no word on whether Aquaman um, from the Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, he holds his breath. I don't know if he holds his breath as he's eating and drinking. This guy can do all sorts of incredible things. These are the sorts of things the left has uh, basically been forced to, to try to tell us they do in order to comply with these mandates. They comply even when they don't. It's an amazing thing. But, you know, somewhere out there, with all the flights and the information just coming out and people learning this on the fly, I mean, I can see there being another incident. Who knows? Hopefully not. But for those who have a personal... Again, some of these people think that they are fighting for the latest... Uh, equivalent of the civil rights movement by arguing for people to put their mask mandates up as they're eating their Lorna dunes or whatever on an air uh, airline on a flight from India to Orlando or whatever. So who knows what will happen? But as it now stands, TSA is not enforcing, thankfully. Um, airlines are, seems to me, what I've seen, what Oz has shown me here as we're doing this on the fly, um, on a lot of the, you know, latest information, it looks like it's, it's optional, but again, you know, these things, <laughs> who knows, you've seen all the, the videos on aircraft and people fighting and getting kicked off for all sorts of things on aircraft. This is, this is going to make it worse. I mean, you know, well, I don't want to say it's going to make it worse, but this for the, the short term could create a scenario where no one really knows what to do and people are fighting, getting kicked off. I don't know. Anyway, there you go. That's what's going on with the mask mandate. I think we've highlighted some things that 
I, I think our underlying causes of the mess we're in, which it goes back to Congress's inability to do its job, unwillingness to do its job. And then, of course, administration, who was all too eager to continue the mask mandate nonsense ad infinitum, uh, despite medical data, studies, and so forth. Because they've scared, they have scared, they have terrified a lot of their, a lot of their base, or a, a big chunk of their base is terrified to go out. I'm telling you, they're terrified to step on a plane, a bus. They're terrified. They look to Biden. They look to the city government. They look to the state government. Please help me. Help me. I don't know how to not get COVID. And it's sad because again, we have the data that says no. I mean, it's going to spread. As bad as I hate to say it. COVID was always going to spread, and there's nothing that could have been done really to stop that. The data has proven that to be the case. I've got to take a break, my friends. Sit tight. Come back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Oh, you know, I think... I think it's been a good exercise today. And this is important to understand because we are going to, (laughs) the nature of living this side of heaven is we're going to have problems and issues and things that we have to navigate. And we have to, we have to be able to have a system that uh, both positions us to make, to be able to be responsive. Look, I understand. For example, I understand if they, if Congress says the president can make this decision and it's valid for a month or some period of time, but then it's got to come back to Congress. It has to come back to Congress to vote on this stuff. That would actually have made this a law, and that actually would have made it not impossible for judges to navigate this stuff. And and this these are these put judges in very precarious situations. It's completely unnecessary it doesn't have to be this way but it is politically expedient and convenient they like it that way congress likes to not have to pass laws which is their job the presidency loves to create laws because they love to have that centralized power of course they can pass it off to the bureaucracy and no one really knows where it comes from no one can be held accountable these are underlying problems we face in this country today that rear their ugly heads to the surface on a regular basis because people, people that have been in positions of power in our government for far too long have led us down these paths. I'm just out of time here, folks. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have. But these things are critically important. It's not just some academic exercise to to try to follow the way that our nation was designed to function. The founders did it this way for a very specific reason or set of reasons. And the more we deviate from this, the more problems are going to arise. Difficulties are going to ensue just by virtue of living life again this side of heaven. It doesn't have to be made more complicated because we are unwilling to stick to the principles, the tried and true principles that made this nation great. Folks, I gotta go. Music's telling me it's time to wrap up. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.